Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Podcast. My name is Liz Paris. And I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters. And we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness. We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. All right, welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. We are super excited for today's discussion. We'll be talking about um, intuitive eating in just a little bit, but we wanted to focus on the importance of listening to your body. And so this is one of the topics that we wanted to bring up is intuitive eating. Um, We've heard a lot about intuitive eating and how it actually helps you not feel as guilty about eating and not beat yourself up and all those kinds of things. And so anything that we can do to help ourselves feel better, I know that sounds silly, but like really emotions and feelings and our thoughts about what what's going on affects our everyday life so much. And so um, when it comes to listening to our body, um, I I feel like this is such a big topic. I feel like as we get older, sometimes we disconnect from our body and we stay in our head and we stress out and we just are in a space of like turning a hamster wheel in our lives of like whatever it is, you know, if it's, oh, the kids and the laundry and, or my job or, and we kind of worry about these things and, and just, we're so in our head. And so like our last episode, we talked about how, when we're having a moment that we're triggered, we can just stop and feel our body and kind of you know, fill our feet on the ground, fill our breathing and kind of connect with our body. And so, um, the importance of connecting with our body is what we want to focus on. Um, one time, and I've learned over the last few years, how important our bodies are at telling us things. They give us messages and sometimes we just disregard it and we just go on with whatever we're doing. Um, but sometimes people have a gut instinct that, oh, something's not safe or something's not right. And sometimes we disregard those things, but it's so important to listen to our body and the signals that we get. Um, just a little personal story really quick. When I was um, about to go through with my divorce, I had this crazy, like buzzing energy on my chin. And it was so strange. I kept wondering, what is this? <laughs> like, what? why does my chin buzz? Like, what's going on? And um, it was very interesting because I came upon a book. Um, it's called The Healing Questions Guide. And it talked about different parts of the body. And when you have issues or health issues or things going on with that part of the body, what it actually means. And so like the liver people, when they have problems with their liver, they usually have stuff they're not letting go of or not forgiving. And so they're, they're, you know, frustrated with something. And so that anger stores up in the liver, things like that. So it's very interesting. Once you start learning about the body and its messages, well, I went in this book, I looked up chin. Like, what does it mean if you got something going on with the chin? And it was, what do I fear about what I think will happen in the near future? And I was just like, oh my goodness, that so fits my circumstance. And my body described to me exactly what I was feeling. 
um, through this book, like reading what it meant, it was trying to give me a message anyway. So I just, I'm really big on let's listen to our bodies and see what's going on with them. And, you know, even when people get a, a, an illness or things like that, sometimes there's something going on energetically with them or something they're holding on to that they could get rid of, and it could help them to be more healthy. So anyway, that's kind of a little side note about listening to our bodies. And um, hopefully that's a little segue into why it's so important to listen to our bodies. And so today we have Taryn Palmer and Taryn is actually another native of Twin Falls here in Idaho. And um, I've known Taryn for quite a while now. Um, and she's just terrific. She is an awesome mom. She's an amazing woman. And um, she has this area of expertise and passion that she's going to share with us today. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist, and she has done some um, reach out in the community. She does a lot of community education. She does a lot of medical, um, how do you say, it? is it dietetics? Just dietetics, huh? yeah. right? Dietetics. Okay. And she, so she's done a lot of of reaching out. She's done a lot of writing articles and things like that for our area, just to help people understand more about nutrition and their op options and also about intuitive eating. And one of her passions is teaching intuitive eating. And so today, welcome to the show, Taryn. Thank We're you. We're so excited to have you. Welcome, Taryn. We're super excited to hear what you have to say about intuitive eating. Yes. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. And we, so we want to ask you, I mean, I've heard a, a little bit about what intuitive eating is, but if someone just says to you, what is intuitive eating? What are you going to say to them? What's your quick explanation, well, for, I guess? <laughs> first off, I think I would say what intuitive eating is not, and that is a diet. Um, a lot of people are looking for the next big diet and quick fix in their life. And intuitive eating is the exact opposite of that. <clears throat> it's a lot of work and internal work to get to the point where dieting is no longer on the table. And awesome. so, um, you know, if you think about it, I mean, how many times, I don't know if you guys want to answer this or not, but how many times have you been on a diet or tried a diet that you wanted to use to lose weight? Um, I mean, chances are the people listening are raising their hand. They've tried one or two or three and or many, yes. Or many. <laughs> and, you know, they don't usually work for very long. Sometimes they may work in the short term, but overall they don't. And so um, even the word diet can bring up a lot of emotions and feelings in people, kind of going back to that emotional energy you were talking about, Liz. Um, yeah. When I say, okay, tomorrow you're going on a diet you might start already having what we call diet backlash thinking, okay, well, what am I going to eat today since I can't eat it tomorrow? Um, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes we call that last supper eating. So you kind of, this is the last time you're going to get to eat these things. So you hurry and eat them. Um, how is this going to affect me socially? I'm going to not go to this event because there's going to be food there and I don't want the pressure um, you know, how, what else am I going to replace food with in my day? Caffeine, um, exercise, all these things that you're now trying to fill your time and your mental energy with. So what we want is to get away from that. And we call that the diet mentality, <clears throat> or there's also kind of a buzzword 
going around right now called diet culture. Have you guys heard of that word at all? Uh uh-uh, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. Okay, so diet culture is kind of like the the generalization of kind of what our our world and especially our nation is obsessed with. We're obsessed with dieting. We're obsessed with weight. We're obsessed with our bodies, (laughs) our bodies, quote unquote, healthy eating, you know, all of these things. And yet obesity is higher than ever in adults and children. Eating disorders are on the rise. Um, We're seeing an uptick in something called orthorexia, which is a, it's not a, a, classified eating disorder in like the diagnostic handbook at this point, but it's an obsession with healthy eating actually that has now become an eating disorder because people are so worried about, you know, what they're eating and eating healthfully. And it's no longer eating in the name of health that's become a disorder. And so we're trying to get away from all that, right? We want to reject the diet mentality and reject diet culture. And what this really requires is a paradigm shift. And I don't know if you guys have ever talked about a paradigm shift on your, on your show before, but we haven't used that term, but uh yes, the mindset shift. Yes, exactly. And it's completely (laughs) thinking about something in a totally different way, right? It's not, okay, well, yeah, but I still believe in diet, dieting over here. It's getting rid of that completely. So so we did, we had a conversation with Michael Barrett and he's a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, and he works with PhD and he works with people um, who have eating disorders. And so that was a big reason why we were super interested in learning about intuitive eating because he, he recommended that as a good way to help you shift your mindset. So this is perfect. Perfect. So you guys have kind of, kind of touched on that, but, um, The first part is acknowledging the damage that dieting can do to us, both emotionally and physically. Physically, I'm not going to get into all that too much today. Um, I might touch on it a tiny bit, but emotionally, um, it brings up feelings of guilt. It um, brings up feelings of deprivation. It makes you feel like you don't know enough or your willpower isn't strong enough. Um, It erodes your trust in yourself. So every time you fail at a diet or you eat something that you think is bad or wrong, you feel guilt and then you feel shame and all of these things that really bleed out into other aspects of our life, not just food, right? For sure. And if you don't get rid of those heavier emotions, it does, it, it affects all those areas yeah. of, grief or yeah. of, of life. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's something that I call like the guilt and deprivation seesaw. And if you think of a seesaw and you have deprivation on one side and guilt on the other, you know, if you're depriving yourself a whole lot because you're on a diet, your guilt's probably pretty low, right? Mm-hmm. But then you eat a cookie, eat three cookies, start to binge, that guilt is going way up, the deprivation is down. And for most people, it's just back and forth constantly, right? They're on a diet, they're depriving themselves, they're binging, they're back on the diet. And we just want to get off the seesaw. We want it to be a neutral thing in our life. We want it to be something that's not running our life because we're spending so much mental energy worrying about what we're eating, why we're eating it, how many calories it has, what it's doing to our body, that we don't have time to think about what am I going to do with this extra hour of my day that's productive? How can I 
help my family? How can I change the world? I, I can't focus on those things if I'm so worried about food all the time. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, I think with any kind of, it's almost like similar to a mental illness where it's taking so much of your thoughts mm -hmm. that it's hard to think of and reflect on and pay attention to those things that are most important, the connections right. with people and, and self, um, even just celebrating the good things of life. It's like you're focused so much on the problems. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, I think some people might hear this and say, well, I don't, I'm not that obsessed with it. Like I'm not, I don't have an eating disorder. A lot of people would think the way I'm talking about it is an eating disorder. And there's definitely that side of it that is an eating disorder that's diagnosed that you guys talked about, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, that last episode, but there's also disordered eating that isn't an actual diagnosis, but that's something that probably if you look closely at the way you eat, it might be something that you're dealing with. And I think people need to look kind of closely at, at their own way of thinking. Yeah, that's so interesting. I know one time I did kind of a diet type thing and I realized how much that I wanted to go to food for like an emotional uh, outlet, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's so just, it's interesting when you just start to watch yourself, like what are my patterns and how much time am I spending on this? And are my thoughts helpful and positive and building me up or are they tearing me down? Right. And so how do we get rid of all that? Basically, how do we reject diet culture and diet mentality? It's through becoming an intuitive eater. And so intuitive eating is a book written by two dietitians. Um, it's an amazing resource. I honestly consider it a life-changing resource for a lot of people. And I don't use that word lightly. Um, it currently, I mean, you can buy the book on Amazon. You can buy the audiobook If you have audible, um, an audible subscription right now, they have the audible plus program. And through that it's free on the audible plus program. Last time I looked, hopefully it still is. Yeah. So, um, there's that resource for anyone. There's also resources that accompany it, like workbooks and things like that, because it really is a deep dive into a lot of um, mental and emotional work. And I won't get into all of that today, but basically there's 10 principles of intuitive eating. Um, I'll just uh, list those real quickly. I'm not going to touch on all of them today, but yeah, the first one great. is reject the diet mentality, which we talked about. The second one is honor your hunger. The third one is make peace with food, challenge the food police, feel your fullness, discover the satisfaction factor, cope with your emotions without using kind of what you had about Liz, respect your body, exercise, um, and then honor your health with gentle nutrition. And as you see, we do still touch on nutrition, but that's at the very end. We're not focused um, exactly on nutrition at first, which sometimes is scary for people, surprising for people to hear coming from dietitians, but um, it all kind of evens itself out in the end. So those are the 10 principles. Um, so will you repeat um, the one right before respect your body, your voice kind of cut out just a little bit yeah. in that moment. Sorry, that was cope with your emotions without using food. Okay. Cope with your emotions without using food. Yeah. Awesome. So I went over those real quick, but um, obviously there's lots of information on each of those in the book. 
So can you tell um, us about how long the book is? Is this a quick read or it's kind of like, okay, you're going to work through this for a month. You're going to work through it. I think, okay. I mean, it's, yeah, sounds it's like it with all of the super long book, I guess it's, you know, uh, 250 pages or so, but yeah. there's just a lot of work in it. There's a lot of exercises you can try, um, worksheets you can kind of work on quizzes, things like that. Well, and I think that's where the real, real change will happen with the mindset shift, because I've noticed that with everything you can learn and kind of be aware, okay, this is going on, but to really shift it, it's taking that time to do the work, to journal, to, to reflect. Exactly. And it's a process. It's not, you know, a quick fix. It's a long linear process that keeps going and going, you know, you're going to have days, even I have days where I'm not a perfect intuitive eater. I have days where I wonder those diet mentality thoughts creep in and I have to really stop and say, Nope, I don't believe this. And I don't want to think about this right now. So it's a process for sure. So it's so interesting too, how much we're influenced by our culture and we probably don't even realize it. So once you start going through it and like, mm -hmm. now that you're aware, you're like, Oh, those are diet mentality thoughts and you can actually label it. Right. And that's, you know, I was just going to say like, what happened to our intuitive eater? Because we're actually born intuitive eaters. If you think about a baby, they stop when they're full. If you're trying, when you're starting to feed a baby, when they're starting solids and things like that, they have cues that they give you, they close their mouth, they're done. And they're not pressured into eating more necessarily. Sometimes they are, but they're pretty good at recognizing those innate signals. They cry when they're hungry, they're ready to eat. Um, But our culture, like you said, it's changed the way we think about hunger and fullness cues were targeted from a young age about um, certain types of food as kids. We are told to clean our plates, maybe the family that we were raised in, um, maybe our economic situation, we didn't have enough food in our home. So we feel like we had to eat as much as we could whenever we had the chance. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a deep dive. There's a lot (laughs) going on, right? With, it's not as simple as like, I like cookies, I'm going to eat cookies. There's a lot here. Yeah. Environmental um, factors. Yeah. Cultural um, factors, all kinds of stuff. Dieting itself. Obviously when we have trained our body to only eat at certain times of the day and to not, eat, not be hungry at certain times of the day, we have really shut down those innate cues of hunger and fullness that our body naturally has. And we have to kind of retrain our body to recognize those things because we've spent so many years shutting those off and eating at this regimented time and eating only a certain amount. So it takes a while. Um, so what will becoming an intuitive eater do for someone? The biggest and most important thing that I think it does is it normalizes your relationship with food. It actually neutralizes your relationship with food. And awesome. So I cookies mean, aren't bad and exactly. ice cream's not terrible. <laughs> yep. Like people ask me a lot, like, oh, you're a dietitian. You must like think about food all the time. Don't look at what I'm eating. Don't look at my grocery cart. They get really <laughs> self-conscious around me and yeah. food. And I'm, I mean, honestly, I can tell you, I'm not thinking about it. I don't think about it all the time. I do in a way that it's my job, but 
I'm not counting calories ever. I'm not saying, okay, I ate this cookie. I have to run this amount of miles tomorrow. I just don't think about it. And that allows me to think about a lot of other things that are a lot more important. So the way to find um, food freedom is kind of what we call it, is to give yourself unconditional permission to eat. So if I say that to you, you have unconditional permission to eat whatever you want. What does that make you feel? Fear. <laughs> like, oh, wait. Yeah. What if I'm I overeat, though? What if I... Right. Exactly. And that's what so many people feel is that fear. Um, they don't really trust themselves because of all of the things we've talked about. But as we give ourselves permission to eat what we want, the things that we think we're going to binge on lose their specialness, right? When we forbid something, forbidden, forbidden items are raised to um, an elevated level of specialness in our minds. And so when those you know, rules about those foods are gone. It's not a big deal if we have cookies in our house because I can have them or I don't have to have them, but they're there if I want them and I just don't obsess about it anymore. So it really means eating what you really want, eating without um, penance. So feeling like I have to work this off or I have to pay punishment somehow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore. Um, removing deprivation, like I said, it, it makes food really lose its power and taking away those labels of like good food and bad food. And so there's a lot of work to it. It's not as simple as I make it sound, I know, but that really is what intuitive eating can do for someone. Awesome. So part of that is that also so much more freeing than worrying about every calorie and counting every calorie and right. worrying about sugar intake and all the things. Right. <laughs> and, you know, as we get in tune with our bodies and we listen to, okay, well, when I ate 10 cookies, I didn't really feel very good. So I don't want to <laughs> do that again next time. Or right but, now all the Halloween candy, right? Right. The kids you know? are binging on that and they're just like, oh. <laughs> and that's what I talk to my kids about a lot. I have five girls and mm -hmm. even more so this goes along with girls, right? Like women are kind of the target um, audience on body image and oh, yeah. what we eat. And so this is really important to me on a personal level as well. And that's how I talk to them about it. I don't say you can only have this much candy or we're throwing all your candy away. It's like, listen to your body. If you feel sick, then maybe you should stop. And I really try to teach them how to eat by listening to those innate cues that they have because they're there. But we as parents and as a culture try to push those down because we're fearful that they're going to eat too much or get too fat or binge on sugar. And, you know, it's kind of letting go of that fear a little bit. It all comes down to trust. I mean, like trusting your kids, trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. I like yeah. that. I think we need so much more trust in this world and things would go a lot better in our relationships if we had higher levels of trust. For sure. Um, so another thing that intuitive eating will do for you is it, it kind of takes the morality out of eating. So it removes those good food, bad food labels, which in turn we put upon ourselves, right? If I eat a bad food, I'm bad. If I eat a good food, a healthy food, whatever you want to call it, I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. And so we really kind of take those labels off food and off ourselves, and we can just 
eat to eat, I guess. And um, a lot of it is getting rid of perfectionism, right? Um, and no judgment too. Mm-hmm. A lot of times um, we have that really dichotomous thinking, that black and white thinking that it's either good or bad. I can only, if I take one bite, I'm bad. If I take no bites, I'm good. I'm getting rid of those absolutes. Like you must eat this way. You ought to eat this way. You should eat this way. And really eating based on what your body is telling you it needs is what we want to do. Um, So getting in tune with those innate hunger and fullness cues can be hard. It can be work because we've um, suppressed them for so long. But let those be your ultimate guide in deciding what to eat. So your body needs to know that it's going to consistently have access to food. From dieting and limiting calories and all these things, our body is scared that we're going to starve. It's worried. Yeah, it's worried for starvation. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these diets are very low calorie intake. And we really need at least 1,200 calories for our bodies to be functioning at just basic level. Right. And mm-hmm. so when we're That's really without de- exercise and yeah, everything, right. Exactly. That's like, if you're just mm-hmm. breathing and yeah. sitting on a couch, so pretty much <laughs> basic human functions. And so, yeah, when we're consistently giving our body less than that, or barely that it's worried, like when, when are you going to feed me again? And so it's knowing that we need to feed our body and that it's good to feed our body. It's good to feed our body, all types of foods and our body needs all types of foods. Um, And so conscious eating is essential. And so conscious eating means getting rid of that clean your plate mentality, getting rid of that eating on autopilot, which as moms, especially as busy humans in the world, it's hard to do. Um, You think about different scenarios where you might be doing that. I think of it just at my kitchen table, right? When I'm getting up and down and feeding other people and cutting food and refilling drinks. And yeah, have you, I was going to say, have you ever fed your kids and you were so busy and you just kept going and you didn't feed yourself and then later on you're like, what? I didn't even eat. Yeah. Or you're just like picking at little pieces (laughs) the whole time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a really big proponent of slowing down when I can. Um, I hate standing up to eat. So I won't just like stand at the counter if they're eating at like the bar stools. I always try to sit down. It just gives me a a time to really connect with what I need. Enjoy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, That can also go into other things like personal boundaries as a mother and different things, but we won't get into that. But, um, so with intuitive eating, do they, I mean, I know it's listen to your body, so it's not, Hey, I have to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's more of eating when you're hungry. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. And so for some people that might mean three square meals a day, if you want to call it that for some people that might mean smaller meals throughout the day, but it can change from day to day. Even it, mm-hmm. it just depends on what you, what activity you did or your sleep patterns or all of these things can. Affect That's interesting. Cause my kids will level. be hungry sometimes at like four 45 mm-hmm. and I'm like, dinner's going to be ready in this many yeah. minutes. So do you have them wait or do you have them pick, figure out a snack? It sounds like you probably should let them listen to their body and have something right then yeah. when they're hungry. And I think it's still okay to have you know, if you're going to be dinner ready in 10 minutes, 
you know, explain to them that that's the situation. And if they think that they can wait, that'd be good. And if not, maybe here are a few options. You know, as a parent, you're still what I like to call like the gatekeeper of your house. You get to decide what foods you bring in, um, kind of when they're served, but they get to decide how much they want to eat of that thing. Um, and so we kind of give them that power back a little bit there, but you're still the gatekeeper, right? So you yeah. still want to kind of control a little bit of the environment for your kids. So, um, but real quick, just kind of getting into how to increase, increase that conscious eating is eat without distraction as much as possible. Um, and eventually as you do that without even trying, you will eat less food. You'll feel more satisfied and you'll have you'll end dieting just by becoming a more conscious eater and slowing down a little bit. And then, um, you know, defending yourself from obligatory eating, you know, you don't have to eat something just because it's served to you. You don't, it's okay to say no, thank you. And to pass on things and to not clear your plate. And that's hard for some people, but it's okay. You, you know how much you need to eat. Someone else can't tell you that. I can't tell you how much you need to eat at a, at a dinner party or something else. So um, you can also reinforce that decision to stop with like a, a physical action, pushing your plate away a little bit, putting a piece of gum in your mouth, something like that. But this all takes time. It takes practice to learn what your hunger cues are. For some people, it might be a headache or feeling grumpy, um, how to stop when you start that first feeling of fullness rather than eating to feeling like stuffed and feeling sick. And so it will take work, but, you know, grab intuitive eating, read it, listen to it. There's so much in there to help you with all of these things. So much more than I talked about today, obviously, but yeah, there's so many resources in there to really, to really find that freedom that I feel like a lot of people are looking for and they might not even know it. And I think a lot of people hear this and think like, oh, well, why has no one said this before? Like this makes sense, right? Why, why is this not what we're hearing? But we can change the narrative for ourselves and then for our children. And just hopefully we can keep changing it for future generations. Great. Yeah. So many wonderful guidelines. Thank you, Taryn. This has been awesome. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly, this makes me very uncomfortable. Um, that's why I didn't say <laughs> very much because I think I have a lot of things that I can work on. Um, when you're talking about eating without penance, I'm really big mm-hmm. in exercising. So like last night I had a Snickers bar for my children's candy bag. So today I went and ran three miles and lifted for 45 minutes because I've got to burn off that Snickers. Like right. I think that there's a lot of things in here that really hit home for me. So I'm definitely going to check out that book and Good. look Good. into this because yeah, I think for whatever reason, um, our society and how we're raised, I think really does affect our intuitive eating. Like I don't, I feel like we don't even allow ourselves to intuitive eat at all. And it's like you said, like, it's like, why I've never heard this before. I kind of feel like that. I mean, our uncle did kind of mention it. Um, but anyway, thank you so much before we let you go. We would love to hear your oops moment. Would you share that with us? For sure. And of course it has to do with food because I am a dietitian or something. Cause you're a foodie. (laughs) All the things. So, um, a year ago I had my fifth baby, my fifth girl. And, you know, I was like, 
trying to do it all and get it put life back together a little bit postpartum. And so I had a freezer meal I was going to cook in my instant pot. So I started it and I just had a lot of, if you've used an instant pot, you know, the steam was supposed to stay in and cook the food and it was all just coming out and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I stopped it and opened the lid, looked at the lid. I thought maybe the ceiling ring inside wasn't tucked in there, but it was there. So I did it back up and turned it on. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing was (laughs) happening. I'm like, what is happening? And so I took it off again. I like look inside the pot. I'm like, I don't know. The food's kind of cooking. I was like pushing it around with a spoon, checking the lid again. And like probably like five to 10 minutes have passed at this point. And I finally like look at inside the pot again. And I'm like, there's no pot in here. I had just dumped the food into like the cooking apparatus and the insert, like the actual pot wasn't in there. So basically I ruined my instant pot and we ate frozen pizza and chicken nuggets for dinner instead on paper plates because, you know, life. So, you know, even with all the knowledge I have about food, there's still days where you know, pizza and chicken nuggets, it is. And I'm great with it. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll leave um, the uh, in the notes, we'll have a link for the book. And then also um, for the 10 principles that you shared, we'll leave those yeah. in there as well if you want to go back and review those. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of quiet right now with um, work, just with family, family life and things like that. But I do have at least one resource, another dietitian who's heavily into intuitive eating, like on Instagram is a great follow. She, she also has um, a podcast and different things too, that you can check out. So I'll leave you guys that information that you can include if you don't mind. Yeah, we can put that in the notes. Thank you. Thank you so much. So many great tools you've shared with us today, Taryn. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a lot, but I hope it's at least a good jumping off point for people. It's perfect. Just to get a taste of it. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Are you feeling stuck in an area of life, relationships, money, organization, health, or happiness? We want to help you get the results you have always wanted and the happiness you are worthy of. And so Christina and Liz have started a movement to support you in making positive changes in your life. Arise Now is the best place to start when you are ready to get better results in life and you want positive support, effective tools, and strong motivation to make it happen. And that's why we started our movement, Arise Now. Arise Now is a month-long support group with all of this and more. In Arise Now, you will learn to make vision boards work for you. You will have the support to set and accomplish a 30-day goal, daily accountability, and enjoy a safe, supportive community to start arising and thriving now. You will receive five weekly live trainings, including learning to use valuable tools and techniques to help you start shifting your mindset from surviving to thriving. We want to help you arise now. We believe in you. We know that you have what it takes to make your dreams a reality. And now you have the support to do it. Join us for our next Arise Now movement. We are filling up quickly for our January session. 
click on the link in the show notes to claim your spot to arise now or go to our website and enter your email for more details at ariseandthrivelife.com.